out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Well, there you go. Thank you, Jim, for those wide, wise words. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 Show. And um, I'm trucking through my some archives with various artists, musicians that I've interviewed over the last few years. And this is one with John Drumbo French, or just John French, actually, the drummer with Captain Beefheart. This was an interview um, probably, I don't know, five, six years ago. We're talking 2012, 2013 time, probably um, when the Magic Band were coming to the Norwich Arts Centre. This is the interview. I'm not even going to edit it. It's just out there for your delight and pleasure. And there was one or two moments where the reception... Uh, kind of cracks up a bit but you get the gist it's just two people talk about music I know how very interesting anyway this is John this is me this is the interview take it away John oh brilliant look thank you ever so much for talking to me because you're coming back to Norwich aren't you I am what you're, you're, you're going to be coming to Norwich very soon with the Captain Beefheart experience oh yes I'm not sure of the date because uh, I don't have an itinerary in front of me. I think it's on Friday you're going to be here. Oh, okay. Well, well you know. thanks for telling me. Somebody's told me, finally. I know, I know. This is, this is also good. But, um, yes, because you, whereabouts are you at the moment? Let's see. <laughs> Sheffield. You're in Sheffield. My God, that's a long way north. So look, cause about, it is. was it about three or four years ago when you were sort of last doing a bit of a tour on the Captain Beefheart front? Well, it was a year and a half ago, actually. Right. So what's what's um, what's brought you back again? I, I don't know. Insanity, I think. <laughs> <laughs> actually, so, so, I just uh, I enjoy doing the music and uh, I, I decided to put together a tour um, you know, I don't know how much of the news you know about this, but Denny Wally quit the band about a year and a half ago. And I I thought about not continuing and thought about continuing, and I thought, well, I'll give it another go. So in February, I gave the agent the okay to start booking a tour. And then in April, uh, Rocket Morton uh, had to have emergency five-way coronary bypass surgery. Yes. Hello. Yes, Are you no, still there? I'm, 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 yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm just. I'm taking in the medical sort of facts here. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very serious, and he was very scared. And I said, "You're going to be okay. My brother went through this just fine. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine." You know. So I've kept in touch with him up until about the last two weeks before I left, and he's been slowly recuperating. But he had decided back in I don't know about August, I think, uh, that he wasn't probably going to be ready for a tour he just you know wasn't sure if he'd be up to it yet yeah so i said well you know take your time it's more important that you heal than go on the road you know and i had a keyboardist lined up in case and so i called the guy and uh, i thought well we'll do some keyboard based things uh, because with keyboard we could, you know, we could stretch out and do some stuff that we can do with Mark actually. Oh, look, the reception slightly. Have you moved at all in the room? Have I moved at all? No, I oh, haven't. Okay, because the reception just started breaking up there when you were talking about Rocket Morton's heart problems. 
Oh, oh no! Well, it sounds better now. now. In it's the same like, place. oh, good, good. Okay, then. So you got somebody else because Rocket Morton was the bass player, wasn't he? He was the bass player, and uh, so I got a keyboard a keyboardist by the name of Brian Havy, who was recommended to me by. Uh, well, I should probably go back a notch and say Max Kuttner, who is the guitarist who played plays for the Grandmothers. He was interested in playing with the Magic Band, so I hired him to replace Denny. Right. And that was already in place, and he mentioned uh, Brian Havey in case uh, Mark couldn't make it. So, uh, and Mark wasn't sure if he wanted a tour before, even, before his uh, heart surgery. Right. Because he just wasn't feeling good, and that's probably why, because he needed the surgery, and he was in bad shape physically. Anyway, Brian Havey is an excellent uh, jazz keyboardist, uh, pianist, and, and just a wonderful guy to work with. And he's, he's really had a lot. So we're, we're adding new songs to the uh, repertoire. That um, Five new pieces, as a matter of fact. Let's see if I can recite them off the top of my head. We have Bellerin playing, which has marimba in it, so it needed a marimba sound so he can play the marimba part. We have Tropical Hot Dog Night, which has marimba and horn, and, and our other guitarist, Eric Clerks, who's been with me for six years now, it has a special gear now where he can play uh, marimba parts on the guitar, you know, and trigger marimba sounds. Let's see, what else do we have? Oh, I draw a blank without it. Without a set list in front of me, I'm right. helpless. So it's quite, it's quite, because because in it was 2003 when when you sort of got the magic band back together. Because I can remember That's listening correct. to a John Peel session back then when John was still with us, and I remember that was a, that was a year later. That was in 2004 in July, and we had just played Glastonbury. Right. And uh, we got to London and played the John Peel uh, uh, Mater Made of Ale. Made of Ale. Studio. Made a veil. Studios. Yeah. And I remember hearing that and was amazed by the power and the sort of kind of, uh, I don't know, dynamicness of the band still. It did sound like you still all had it. Yep. And and, obviously... and we still do. And I'll tell you what, uh, people have been coming up to me and saying, and, and I don't think this is true, but people are saying to me, this is the best magic band I've ever heard. Right. So and be... I, I'll tell you what it is. It's because it's new material. They haven't heard it before, and they're hearing it from different players. So they're hearing it with a fresh, new approach. Right. You know? But so, it's been it's been great. It's been wonderful on stage. The rapport between the guys is wonderful because they all know each other. They're all friends, you know. And it's quite interesting because obviously you're you're sort of keeping the sort of the spirit and the magic of Captain Beefheart. And there's other bands, a bit like the, the remainder members of the Grateful Dead, are still sort of occasionally reforming and doing the Grateful Dead numbers. So there is something about the music that still keeps bringing you back, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's more alive than the Grateful Dead, but I'm not sure. Right. Well, you know, obviously it could be that way. But so that's what... a really bad pun. <laughs> I don't know. It was all right. I quite enjoyed it. But yes, because your the reception you got in Norwich when you played about eighteen months ago was absolutely people loved it, didn't they? They they were were you know when people obviously without Captain Beefheart and you're the Magic Band, did you find that people were a bit skeptical? Like, how is that going to work? Oh well, um, I think three journalists came up with the uh, same phrase. Uh, that they stole from an American burger commercial. They said, where's the beef? Right. You know? And then after they heard it, uh, 
I said, well, it wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> <laughs> because and, by, and some by... people actually said, you know, we, one guy said, John French came up to the mic and, and sort of stumbled around as though he was thinking about singing but wasn't sure. Thank heaven he did. Right. You know? And I thought, well, that's good. You know, that's a positive thing. But when I think what really solidified it for us was when we played Glastonbury uh, for one. And then when John Peel had us on his show, that was like a stamp of approval saying, OK. Because you know? vocally, you're quite, it sounded quite similar to Captain Beefheart at times, if not most of the time. I'm somebody who's not a complete, you know, muso, but I went to the gig and I heard the John Peel session as well in 2004 and thought, wow, mm -hmm. this is kind of, you know, you can't really tell that it's not Captain Beefheart. Right. So, so you, you must Well, be... what I'm trying to do is uh, come as close to an experience of hearing the live music that was played back then, um, played again, yes. you know, and even better. You know, I think, I, I really think the musicality of this group, I mean, these guys are all studied musicians. They're trained. They went to, you know, California Institute of the Arts. They have degrees in music. They're great players. I gave them charts yeah. that I painstakingly listened to loops over and over because there's no original charts. And uh, they really, really came through. I mean... Right at the first show, I was able to tell that this is going to be a great reaction. This this band is going to have a great reaction. There's no way around it. Absolutely. Do you feel? And I have Andy Andy uh, Niven on drums also. Right. He was with me. Uh, he's been with me about two and a half years now. Do you feel a bit like the keeper of the flame at the moment? Do you feel like you hold this kind of the baton? Well, since I'm the only one here <laughs> from the original band, I guess. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've always thought that the music needed to be, since Trump Master Replica, I've been very fascinated with this music because I was sort of the guy who transcribed a lot of the parts in Trout Mask and taught it to the other guys. I didn't teach them how to play their instruments. I just taught them the, the parts, you know, because played from piano. Because obviously the critically acclaimed album, which you just mentioned, Trout Mask Replica, I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of stories and documentaries about that particular album, the making of it, the sort of the, the was it living in a house with Captain who sounded a bit like he had gone into a different realm of consciousness almost. You, were you almost like prisoners within that um, setting? Well, it, yeah, it definitely was. It had a cult atmosphere, sort of similar to a um, synanon. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that was a some kind of a group session experiment that was done and um i think if the right people would have been you know in charge instead of a lunatic <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have come out okay but we all came out of there a little damaged i think we were damaged goods after that when so when you look back on it do you do you regret it or do you feel annoyed by it or did you just feel like well that's what happened or did you or did well, you it, this is the way I look at it. I look at it. That's what happened. Make the best of it. Put it behind you and move on. You know. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I love the music, and that's why I stuck around. I would, you know, people said, "Well, I wouldn't have taken that," you know, because I'm a man. You're not a man. That's why you didn't take it. Well, I was only a boy. I mean, I wasn't even 21 at the time. You know. Yes. Uh, that we did that album. Um, I I just turned 20 when we started working on it. Because, and, uh, cause, cause you, are you one of the few members or the, the only member who's been 
with the Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band for as for the longest period of time? Because you were there for safe as milk right through to the dock at the radar station. Has was there any Well, other... I was in and out of the band, but I was in a total of eight years, which gives me probably the most tenure of any Magic Band member. Right. I think the next one in line is uh, is Rockette with, with seven. So that's pretty amazing, isn't it, really? And did you sort of keep in touch with Captain when, when you sort of finished with the band or you left the band when he became a No, uh, but that wasn't my choice. He didn't keep in touch with me. Right. Um, he really closed himself off from everyone except for Eric Feldman, Eric Drew Feldman, and uh, Jeff Morris Tepper, who is now just Morris Tepper. Imagine being so involved in a group that you change your name to his pseudonym. <laughs> He was very involved in the group. He was the guitarist uh, who played on, let's see, Shiny Beast, Bad Shane Puller, and, well, everything after 1976. Because obviously there were there were times when, you know, there is, you know, stuff like from the Trout Mask replica album, which is kind of almost unlistenable. In my opinion, I mean, I know it's critically acclaimed, but then he does also do a lot of very sort of pop-driven, rock-driven tracks, which could make the top 10. Well, in my imagination, anyway, like electricity and stuff like that. So did you... Right. So what did you feel was the, the, the kind of the best parts of the sort of Captain Beefheart sort of set list? You know, what songs always make you think, God, we've got to play that? Well, On Tomorrow is one of my favorites. It's from Strictly Personal. And I, I just love... It's a it's a vehicle for me. I can start it out with a drum solo and then bring the band in, and it's a wonderful vehicle for me. And I love the arrangement. And I, I one of the things that I really love about it is the, the whole album, strictly personal, was really the only album where Don didn't delegate any of the musical responsibility or the arrangement to anyone else. He actually did it himself, and it really shows his personality when you listen to Trust Us or Safe as Milk, or uh, On Tomorrow, Give Me That Heart Boy, any of those songs, they have his musical direction completely, you know, in them. Nobody else really had anything to do with the arrangements. And so I love those arrangements. But there are other things that I love too, like uh, lots of Clear Spot. And, I, and there's no way I could ever do a show without ending it with Big Eyed Beans from Venus. Right. That's just, you know, that, to me, that's like an anthem. Moonlight on Vermont, another one. I just have to do that one. <laughs> Steal Softly Through Snow from Trout Nest Replica is another one. Because was that the one, going back one song, was that the one where you reenact being on a motorbike? You would no, do- that's, uh, oh, that's another one. I love that one. We left that out this time because that's really kind of a Denny Wallet classic. Uh, slide guitar piece that's called Ode to Alex. Because that was that was one of the I would say the highlights of that particular night in Norwich when you did that moment and that song. It did seem to ele- elevate everybody into quite a tr- transcendental experience. Yes, I I agree. I I get high every time we play that song. <laughs> it's just like oh, this is wonderful. It's a great place to be. And, how and you- Benny is a, a brilliant slide guitarist, so he you know. And that was, you know, that was the essence of uh, Denny Wally's guitar playing. Right. So how have you gone down in America? Because obviously, you know, England, Britain has taken you to their heart. But, you know, do you find the same response when you sort of travel around America? We can't travel around America. I can't get, I cannot get any gigs in America at all. 
Now, we just had a, an interesting offer where a guy, uh, a friend of mine who actually contacted me, he was very interested in music. He's a Texas oilman, and he has offered to uh, give us a short tour of Texas. Four shows in Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, I think. Right. And I, I'm thinking, well, this could be very interesting, or it could be a complete disaster because that's country and western country you know (laughs) (laughs) so we may be standing behind chicken wire getting beer bottles thrown at us but i think we're going to try it you've got to go for it and i guess one day vegas will 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 beckon you in to the to the strip i would love it if we could do uh if we could play in the states you know i could probably make a living doing this (laughs) (laughs) I guess the, is that what, what, kind of one thing that's often quite curious is that obviously you've you've dedicated your life to the music of Captain sure. Beefheart. I mean, does did it ever pay? I mean, were you able to survive? Were you able no. to say yeah? Because how does that you know all line up when you get home and you've got to pay the rent or the food or the heating or the car? Uh, well, I always tell myself I'm not going to do this again. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I'm I'm hearing a little breakup. Sorry. Okay. Uh, anyway, I always come back and I go. This is the last time I'm doing this. <laughs> That's a big joke with the band members. You know, it's like, yeah, here we are in John's last tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it has been very frustrating. Uh, I was actually supplementing my income by repairing brass instruments um, for. for uh, quite a few years, and my friend who owned the company that I worked for passed away last year, and or earlier this year, I should say. As, as a matter of fact, this has been a very sad year because I've I've lost three three really good friends this last year, right? And my sister-in-law also. So it's it's been kind of a tough year, but yeah, I do often think to myself, you know, and I've had a lot of family members say, why are you doing this? And I say, well, what else am I going to do, really? You know, I think that's I've think i sort of been ruined for the rest of the world. I'm sort of a specialty item now. Yeah. You know, it's like that one tool that you need to fix the car that you never use for anything else. You know, these mechanics, they'll go out and they'll say, you know, there's one tool that I have to buy for this car this particular car that I never use with any other cars. Well, that's what I am. I'm the tool that can only be used with the magic band, I guess. And I guess a bit like members of the Rolling Stones, when people knock them, it's like, well, what else are you going to do when you're the members of the Rolling Stones? Yeah. It's just, you know, what keeps you probably going in the morning. Yeah, except you. that they have millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they got an accountant quite quickly, didn't they? Anyway, that's yeah. great. But look, thank you ever so much, John, for sure, talking David. to me. And I'm coming to, well, hopefully, after I ask, to come to the gig on Friday. Oh. But All I'll, right. Yeah, so I'll try and get in touch with, I think it's Stephen who did the PA, PR for this and see if I can get on the guest list, and that'll be fantastic. I think I can do that. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. Can I just, can I text you? But don't put that on the air. No, Everybody God. will be calling me. No, no. I'll text you and say, <laughs> put David plus one. That would be amazing. Is that cool? David plus one. Yes. But I'll text you before for the Norwich just to remind you, just in case. Because otherwise yeah. I'd be outside. I'd love to meet you. Now, what I'd like to know, I have a question for you now. Yes. Why, why do you spell Norwich 
so that it's, it looks like it's pronounced like Norwich to us poor Americans. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of places around here that um, you pronounce differently to how it's spelt, which is quite odd. So there's a place called Costasy, which is how you spell it, but you pronounce it Cossy. Or there's a place that's called on the coast, it's spelt Happysburg, but you call it Haysborough. So it's kind of the way the local dialect has gone. Ah. So it's Norwich, not Norwich. But when we're in a sat-nav, when we have our sat-nav of them, sometimes we're sort of driving around and it comes back to Norwich and it has that Norwich. And you think, oh, yes, that's how you spell it, isn't it? Norwich. <laughs> but it's just, it's the English. We're a bit, we are a bit rubbish with our pronunciation as well, I think. We've never well, got... the, the Americans are a bit rubbish, too, in a completely different way. Yeah. But anyway. What I want to know is why is the word phonics not spelled like it's pronounced? You know, <laughs> that would just be the end if I could figure that out. It could be. But look, John, All right. I'll see you on Friday. All right. Take Very care. good. Thanks ever so much for this. Take care. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was the interview I had with John French sometime around 2013. I don't know. They were coming to the Arts Centre. The Magic Band. If you were there, it was amazing. And that's all I have to say. Anyway, this has been David Eastall, The C86 Show. If you want to contact me, you can via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just go to C86 Show. And also all these um, interviews, programs have been archived. So you can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, which I like. Mixcloud, I like that too. Anyway, you can find the archive and it's all fascinating stuff. Have a great week.